Turn to the book of Luke, please, this morning. The book of Luke. Where's it at in Luke? Anybody know? Twelve sounds good. <laughs> Luke 12. In these uh, last several Sunday mornings, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. Have you been seeing references to the kingdom of God as you read your chapters every day? I mean, have they stood out more to you now than they used to? How have we not seen the emphasis on the kingdom of God? Maybe you did. But some reason or another, I knew the kingdom of God's important, but some way or another, I just in times past did not see how much Jesus talked about the kingdom. And how much he emphasized and that that is what he preached. That's what he preached. That's what he taught. The kingdom of God. The gospel or good news about the kingdom. We've separated them, hadn't we? We've had the gospel and the kingdom. Uh, One point in which this thing really began to develop in me, I had heard it times before, but Somebody on the news was being interviewed and they were talking about how that Christians, you know, weren't embracing everybody like they should and, uh, you know, that Jesus preached love and acceptance. Jesus preached love and acceptance. Have you ever heard that before? Jesus preached love and acceptance. And every time I'd hear that, it aggravate me. And I thought, Why? And uh, usually when people are saying that, their main objective is to get you to accept their sin. Jesus preached love and acceptance. And I heard it for the nth time somebody say it, and the Lord spoke up inside me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice now, but inside me, he said, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. He is love. And we are now, by our faith in him, accepted in the Beloved. But did he preach acceptance? What did he preach? See, this is the kind of thing that gets people in trouble. They substitute their religious tradition for what the actual word says. And people just, you know, come to think and believe stuff. And it's just tradition. So I went back and reminded myself. And I looked up every time it said he preached something or he taught something. And do you know what I found? He preached and he taught everywhere he went the good news of the kingdom of God. He talked about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. And in the book of Acts, they kept doing it. Right? The kingdom. What should we be talking about? What should we be thinking about? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. So look at our text here in Luke 12. Luke 12, he said in verse 29, Luke 12, 29, Seek not ye what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you have need of these things. Is it true that most of the world is seeking after these kind of things? Natural, what people would call necessities and desires 
natural things. He said, don't seek after these. Verse 31, but rather do what? Seek ye the kingdom of God. Seek what? Huh? People have substituted all kind of stuff for this. In their mind, they think it means go to church. Be a good Christian. Pray. Well, what did he say, though? Seek what? Seek the kingdom of God. And all these things that people are fussing and scrambling and trying to get through their efforts, instead of you chasing them, they'll find you. They will be added to you. That's not you chasing them. They'll be added to you. Remember the blessing of Abraham's on us. Right? We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. But the blessing we get to keep. And we found, you know, reading in Deuteronomy 28 and other places, he said if you'd obey God, all these blessings would come on you and overtake you. Right? You're seeking the kingdom, seeking the kingdom, seeking the kingdom, and uh uh. <laughs> the blessing truck has pulled up at your house. <laughs> Glory to God. Man, I, you know, busy this week serving God and had two big blessings show up at my house. Glory. I just shout. Thank God. But it's so much better than having to chase the stuff. Work night and day and rack your brain and, you know, trying to climb the ladder of success and keep up with the Jones and all this and that. No, let's keep up with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> let's keep up with Him. Right? Let's see that we're busy about our Father's business. Doing our part to advance. Everybody say advance. To advance the kingdom of God in the earth. And as you're busy doing that, blessings will come on you and overtake you. Jesus himself said, the head of the church said, all these things shall be added to you. When you do what? You seek, and as Matthew says it, you seek first the kingdom of God. What are we seeking? Well, I'm just trying to be a good man, brother. No, that's not what he said. Seek what? And see, we, uh, the further I get into it, the more I see, we have been ignorant about this. Religious tradition has replaced what Jesus said. Oh, but I tell you, I, I hope you're are liking the kingdom because you're going to hear about it <laughs> next week and next month and next year. I'm on this. I see now. I didn't see it as clearly as I do now, but I see now this is what's important to Jesus. This is what he preached. This is what he taught. There is nothing better. There is nothing more important. So we must be on this. We must think about it, talk. We must be as kingdom-minded as he is. What's important to him must be important to us. What's priority to him must be priority to us. 
And if you study, if you're not convinced of it, get in the Bible for yourself and look at all these references. Look at all these things Jesus said. The kingdom is number one to him. Of course, that means people. Right? What is the advancement of the kingdom? People getting saved, people getting back to God, right? People getting healed and delivered and set free. People growing up in Jesus. It's all about people, but the people make up the kingdom. Now, uh, we talked about being kingdom of God minded. We talked about how this kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. We've already talked about advancing the kingdom of God. Last week we began talking about how the kingdom operates. How the kingdom operates. We're going to get into that some more, I think. But would you please go. Let's see. You're here in uh, Luke already. Hold your place here. And go to Matthew 22. Hold your place in Luke 12. And go to Matthew 22, please. Jesus taught in parables. How many know this is true? You remember this. And uh, in fact, his disciples came to him. I, you, you're going where? So just hold your place there and I'm going to read you some other scriptures. They asked him, you're in Matthew 22? Well, just back up to chapter 13. You're right there by it. In here, they asked him a question in Matthew 13:10. Matthew 13, 10, the disciples came and they said to Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? Because every time he started teaching and preaching, he's telling parables. Anybody know what a parable is? He'd say, and usually it started out with this, the kingdom of God is like, right? It's like a man that went and caught a bunch of fish. And he brought them to shore and he separated the good ones from the bad. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Kingdom of God is like leaven. Kingdom of God is like the man that found the pearl of great price. Kingdom of God is, right? That's, people want to imagine a lot of stuff that Jesus said and did. That's what he taught. What should we be thinking about and talking about? Same thing. Kingdom of God. But they noticed every time he started talking, he began to tell stories about natural things that illustrated and explained the kingdom of God. And so they asked him, they said, why do you always do that? You're always telling stories. You're always telling parables. Here's what he said. He said, verse 11, because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For But verse 16 says, but blessed are your eyes. For they see, and your ears, for they hear. He said, I tell you, many prophets and righteous men desired to see the things you see and have not seen them, and to hear the things which you hear and have not heard them. The parables were used of him in this way that people who had a heart for it would get revelation. People who didn't, it'd just go right over their head. Do you see this? And it's still that way today. I said it's that way today. 
If you respect the kingdom of God, if you love God and his things and you have a heart for it, then he'll give you ears to hear it. And you'll hear things other people don't hear. And you'll see things. That's why, you know, there are people, probably people that know you, that you have acquaintance with. They just do not understand why you would come in here and listen to a preacher this long. Or why you'd even be in here on a Sunday morning when you could be on a golf course or fishing somewhere or something. They don't see the value of it. They don't have ears to hear it. And some of them hear the same things that you've heard. But it's like, okay. So Jesus told stories about fish and pearls. (laughs) And not have a clue. Now the reason I'm saying this, let's stir ourselves up. Because we're going to listen to Jesus on these. Hmm? How many would like to have a CD of Jesus preaching? You can have one. Buy you one of those CD recorders and take this and read it on there. Right? This is him teaching and preaching. See, why isn't that real to us like it should be? But we see we've already begun this. We talked last week about the parable of the talents. Anybody remember that? He gave, you know, to one, this amount, to another amount. What's he talking about? Well, we got, we saw insight as he explained it. We're given charges and graces and opportunities right now. And based on what we do with it, we're going to rule and reign over ten cities in the eternal kingdom of God. This is no fairy tale. These cities would be just as real as Tulsa and L.A. and New York and Chicago. And you will be the governor over them. Not for 50 years. Forever. See, this hasn't been real to us. It's been, yeah, Jesus told stories. Well, to people who don't have ears to hear. Oh, he said, but to you. It is given to know and understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Things that people, angels have longed to look into. Great men and women and prophets of old wanted to look into and couldn't see it and couldn't get it. But you and I are living in the time. We're in the day. (laughs) And we're chosen of God to live in this generation. We've been given the Word. We've been given the Holy Spirit. And if we just sit still and show some respect. And say, Lord, show me about the kingdom. Show me about the kingdom. He'll say, all right. The kingdom of God is like this. And if you're listening with your heart. And if you're focused. You won't just hear about fish. And about pearls. And about talents. You will get revelation that will come up in you. And you'll see how this thing works. And you'll understand it. And you'll live this way. And it won't be many days. You're busy living this way. And you'll look up. And the trumpet will sound. And that will be it. And instead of just talking about the kingdom. And walking by faith in the kingdom. It's going to be outwardly visible it'll be the only kingdom around the only one 
And you won't be on the side just happy about it. You'll be in the middle ruling and reigning with him. Can you see this has not been real enough to us? But what have we been teaching and preaching? What have we been talking about and thinking about? Has it been as important as this? I believe the Lord is focusing us. Helping us to see what's important. Life's too short to waste it on a bunch of side things. Right? Preaching against everything. Preaching against smoking. Preaching against drinking a beer. Preaching against cussing. Preaching against the short skirt. Preaching against this and that. People got a lot more problems than smoking and drinking in short skirts. They do. They just ain't being smart. There's a lot of stuff worse than smoking and drinking. Hmm? There's a lot of stuff that churchgoers do worse than smoking and drinking. That's just a fact. I'm not advocating that you smoke all the time and get drunk. I'm not. But you get full of love for God and you get to the point where you live for the kingdom of God. Nobody's going to have to preach you about this stuff. It's the law of displacement. You get full of God, it'll push other stuff that's unnecessary out. It will. One reason sometimes people have so many vices and bondages in their life is because they just don't have a life. You know what I mean by that? Their life is not what it's supposed to be. They don't have their purpose. They're not doing their job. They haven't found their place. They don't feel useful and valuable and satisfied. So they're empty. And so they do all this stuff to try to fill the hole and fill the void. Use different crutches to try to help them get through. Make them feel good or make them feel like something. Friend, you get full of God. You find your place in the kingdom. You use the God every day to change somebody's life and to help them out. You won't need a crutch. You won't need a drug. You won't need to snort or swallow or shoot anything. (laughs) You won't. You won't need it. You just won't need it. And it will drop off of you and fall off of you. And up you'll come. That's my desire. It grieves me that people that are full of sin... Stay out of places like this sometime. When they're the people that need it the most. Well, I just ain't good enough to go to a place that... Why do you think Jesus died for us? None of us are good enough on our own. Right? So you watching this by TV and internet, don't you think twice about coming in here. Don't care if you laid out drunk all last night. You come in here and get help. Come in here and get God. Do it. We love you. We ain't going to condemn you. We're not going to look down on you. Come on in here. Yeah, but I've been strung out on drugs for two weeks. Come on in here. Get help. Sit in the anointing. How many believe no matter how strung out you were, if you stand up here and worship God with us for these 30 minutes that we did this morning, would that help you? Oh. Be in the presence of God. Come and be surrounded with a family of faith. We won't look at you and go, well, you're a mess. You'll never amount to anything. If somebody in here tells you that, tell me about it. We'll straighten it out. 
No. This bunch will look at you and go, you can have anything you can believe for. All things are possible to him that believes. I believe with you. Come on. You can be free. Yes, you can be free. Yes. You can be used of God. Don't care how dirty you've been. You can be clean. Don't care how messed up you've been. You can bound you've been. You can be free. You can be. That's what Jesus is all about. So we're going further today. Matthew 22. Go to there. Jesus said it has been given to us to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And that we've been given ears to hear and eyes to see. Say it out loud. I have eyes to see. I have ears to hear. I have a heart to understand and receive the mysteries of the kingdom of God. See, God told us, he said, don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Don't cast your pearls before pigs and swine. What does that mean? Don't give precious things to people who don't appreciate them or value them because he's that way. If he discerns a person's heart, they don't care about him. They don't want to know his things. He's not going to bother them. He's not going to push it off on them. You shouldn't either. I shouldn't either. Oh, but when he finds somebody that's hungry, somebody that says, oh, God, I want to know. I want to know. Show me. Don't leave me in darkness. Don't leave me in ignorance. I want to know what's important to you. I want to know how you see things. I want to know what you say is priority. Then those that hunger and thirst after righteousness and what's right. What did he say? They shall be. They shall be filled. Well, look at this. Matthew 22. Revelation about the kingdom. Matthew 22. Do you ever get tired of putting your eyes on these words and letting Jesus preach to you? Whew. How wonderful this is. Matthew 22 and uh, verse 1. Matthew 22. Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables. Because that's how he did it. Let me just stop right here. One thing he said about this. He said... A scribe, which would be one who studies and teaches the things of God. Every man who's knowledgeable and versed in the kingdom of God is like a householder who brings out of his treasures things old and things new. Another way of saying that is things familiar and things unfamiliar. And that's how he taught. How am I going to explain to you what mostly is invisible right now? The kingdom of God. Well, how would he explain it to them? By something they knew about. Something they worked with every day. He said, y'all know about fishing? Oh, yeah, yeah, we fish every day. It's like that. It's like somebody throws a net and catches, right? Y'all know about farming, don't you? Oh, yeah, we just planted, you know, all these acres. It's like somebody who sows seed. And so we really already know a lot more about kingdom principles than we think we do. 
I said, we already know a lot more about kingdom principles than we think we do. Why? Because everything in this natural world is patterned after spiritual realities. We just have to make the connections. We know about the natural world. We just have to make the connections. And that's what he's doing here. He said, verse 2, what? The kingdom of heaven is like. What's it like? Now, as I read this, are you with me today? Are you hungry to find out about the kingdom of God? Is Jesus teaching us? Then there's revelation right here. Then we're saying, Lord, show us. Show us how it is. What's the kingdom of heaven like? It's like a certain king. Which made a marriage for his son. And he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. And they what? They wouldn't come. Is that happening now? You see this is not just a story. This is how the kingdom of God is operating right now. Is there a king of kings? Is he preparing things? Is he calling people to come? Yeah. And are people not coming in masses? Yeah. And so he sent forth other servants. And he said, tell them which are bidden. What's another way of saying bidden? Called or invited. Tell those who are called, who are invited, look, now I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed and all things are ready. Notice he didn't say we were just having a stale bread today. Does God spread a rich table? Yes. Is he a God of increase and plenty and prosperity? Yes. He said, man, we got the ox. We got the prime rib. We got the T-bone. We got the porterhouse. Huh? We got the good stuff. We got the fat stuff. All things are ready. So come. Come on. Come to the marriage. Verse 5. Now get this. Get this. So you know the Lord's kingdom is developing and will soon show up on the outside. And the Lord is preparing everything and he's calling. How many know he told us the good news? Go into all the world. Right? And call people. Come. And you would think everybody would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did he say? What did it say? They did what? They made light of it. And they went their ways. One to his farm. Another to his merchandise. Skip down to verse 8. He said to his servants, the wedding is ready. But they which were bidden were not worthy. But he didn't quit. He said, go into the highways and anybody you find, the winos, hmm, the street walkers, that's what he's talking about, the streets, go to the streets and invite them. How many understand Jesus is no respecter of persons? And you know, you read other passages of Scripture. One reason the Pharisees and Sadducees and some of those leaders got so mad at Jesus was some of the things he said about the kingdom. One thing he said, 
He said, the uh, publicans and harlots are getting into the kingdom before you. Oh, that made them mad. <laughs> oh, that made, they thought, because they looked down on the publicans and harlots. Ooh, they thought, yeah, that's the scum of the earth, you know. And we're so holy and pure. He said, they're getting in the kingdom of God ahead of you. Now, why? Simply this. They came. They showed up. Oh, can you get this now? Can you get people who are so religious and so holier than thou? The Lord called them and they were too busy. They had too much going on. And he said, well, hit the streets. Invite anybody. Everybody. So they shook a wino that was laying there and said, you want to come to the master's wedding? He said, oh, let me check my schedule. (laughs) Yep. Free food. I can come. And so he shows up. Oh, come on now. Are y'all with me on this? Jesus is teaching us how the kingdom of God operates. It ain't about everything you've done and who knows you and all of your works. Will you show up? Will you show up when he calls? That's the big deal. Will you not make light of his things? Will you let the kingdom of God be first? And when he calls, don't make any difference what you got on the calendar. Oh, are y'all with me this morning now? See, this is the deal. Go to, uh, back to Luke. You were there. Go to Luke 14. Verse 12. Luke 14, 12. Then said he to him that bade him, When you make a supper, call not your friends or your brothers or your kinsmen or rich neighbors, lest they also bid you again and recompense be made thee. But when you make a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed because they can't pay you back. You'll be recompensed at the resurrection. We've dabbled in that just a little bit. We're going to do it some more. Right? How many like it? You like the idea of this? But we must have direction and wisdom how to do it. And uh, verse 15, when one of them that said it meet with him heard these things, he said, blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. See, Jesus talked about the kingdom so much until all the people around him, they're talking about the kingdom. So he said, man... Won't it be something to be able to eat bread with y'all in the kingdom of God? And you know, he's talked about it so much that when they were approaching Jerusalem near the end, the Bible said his disciples thought the kingdom of God was going to immediately appear. He talked about it so much, they were primed for it. In fact, you remember what they fussed about? Who's going to be what? The greatest... In what? How has this escaped us? How important this was to them. How much they talked. You remember uh, two of the disciples' mom came by. Said, Jesus, can I talk to you just a minute? (laughs) Remember that? He said, sure, what? What? 
I hate to ask you this. But when you come into your kingdom. See, this is what they thought about day and night. She said, could my boys <laughs> sit on your side, one on the left, one on the right? Because see, to them, the kingdom is everything. Everything. The kingdom, and the kingdom is the total future. Won't be long. There will be no more republic of, nation of, United States of, anything. That was too weak. He said, I'm an American, Brother Keith. There will always be in the USA. No, there won't. I'm an American. Thank God for our freedoms and what God has given us. But soon and very soon, there will be no USA. There will be no republic of anything. Nation of anything. We talked about that. The vision that God gave Daniel. He saw the different kingdoms that would come and rule over the earth. And in the end, there was a great stone, like a mountain, cut out without hands. And it came and it hit those other kingdoms and they were blasted to dust. And then that stone that was cut out without hands filled up the whole earth. And Revelation says that the kingdoms of this world, they will have become the kingdoms of our God. And he shall reign and we will reign with him forever and ever and ever. And it's not long off. It's not long off. And and I tell you, as this thing begins to unfold, nobody is going to care about all this junk that people spend so much time doing right now. It won't make any difference how much money you made or how much stuff you had or how famous you were. won't mean a thing. Did you know God? Does God know you? Were you kingdom minded? Did you serve him? Did you use your little fleeting life to advance his kingdom? That's all that's going to matter. That's all that's going to be rewarded. That's all that's going to exist beyond this. Aren't you happy and glad that you're not just out lost somewhere and ain't got a clue, but you're in here? Oh, come on now. And you're getting insight into this. And you can have faith that you're not just going to blow your life on nothing. But you're going to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Say it out loud. I will make a difference. difference. My life will matter. matter. And make a difference difference. in the kingdom of God. Now, you must believe that. Don't you believe the devil's lies? He'll come and say, oh, you, you ain't never done nothing for the kingdom of God, and you ain't going to. What can you do? What do you got to offer? That's the devil. Tell him to shut up. You are made of God. You're created of God. You have unique graces and gifts. You are one of a kind. You do have something to offer. It's not about can you do anything for the kingdom of God. That's not even a question. What's the question? Will you you come? Will you show up? Will you answer when he calls? Now let's keep reading this. He said, blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Verse 16. Then said he to him, a certain man made a great supper and he bade, how many? Is God inviting a lot of people? Oh. 
The call's going out. Nobody's going to be able to stand up in the days to come in the judgment and said, well, nobody called me and let me know and nobody offered me. Oh, that's a lie. Calls going out all over the world. Come. He sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, invited, come. Come. Have you ever heard that before? That's how the Bible ends. The spirit and the bride say what? Come. And he that's thirsty, let him do what? Come. Come and take the waters of life freely. On the last day of the feast, you know, Jesus stood up and cried out. Everybody that's thirsty, come to me. And as it's written, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Water that will satisfy your thirst. You'll never thirst again. Say it out loud. Come. 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 So he said, come. All things are now ready. Verse 18. And they all with one consent begin to do what? Make excuse. Is this happening right now in the kingdom of God? It is. Now see, Luke's, Matthew said they made light of it. Luke says they made excuses. And it goes on to list some of their excuses. The first one said, I have bought a piece of ground. And I must needs go see it. I got to go see it. So I pray you, excuse me please. Now I know people don't see this. They don't realize what's happening. But it is happening every week. That the Lord calls on somebody to do something. But because an angel didn't come through the roof. Or they didn't hear an audible voice. Did you hear me? They don't recognize it as God. It came through their church. It came through a fellow believer. It came through some kind of outreach. Something that is happening for God. And they were called upon. And they're like, ah, you know. I wish I could, but I got that land I got to do, and I got this stuff I got to take care of. Excuse me. Next time you're doing that, let me know. (laughs) I don't know at the times that we've had people tell us at the church and the ministry, Brother Keith, now, you need anything, anything. You let us know, boy, God's called us to help y'all. Well, great, good. And I'm a firm one in not calling on people and wasting their time. I know people have, you know, I got a full schedule. So I appreciate that. But we also have a responsibility as leaders. And there are times that sometimes people don't realize it, but the Lord has dealt with us. And we know that it may seem like a menial task to them. We know that it might not seem as important as something else they're doing. But what they don't know, the Lord led us to do it. It's not just us saying do it. It is the Lord. Now people don't realize this, but it is the Lord saying, "Uh, would you go do that for me? And how many times? How many times people say, oh, Brother Keith, I wish I'd have known if you'd told me, you know, three months ago. I'm sorry, I've got to, uh, you know, I plan to go shopping with my friends this Saturday. And, you know, we've had this plan. I'm not making this up. 
we've had this planned for, you know, a couple of months now. And so what do you say? I say, okay. It's just not my deal. But they don't realize there's somebody bigger than me in this. Right? There's been people before that uh, they were asking me about a particular thing. And I said, well, I said, be in the service here this afternoon. Some things we were doing. Because I felt impressed with the Lord. I said, be here for that and help us with that. They said, oh, you know, such and such day is day I work in my flower beds. And I'm sorry, you know, maybe another time. See, they didn't realize, they're not telling me. I didn't go home and pine away because they decided to work in their flower beds. And I learned some time ago, when I first started out, I did take some things personally. I came to him, the Lord, one time and I said, Lord, I told him what you told me to tell him. And they just blew it off. He said, hey, they refused me. Why'd you get worked up about? <laughs> he said, if they're not going to listen to me, don't be surprised if they don't listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, sorry, Lord. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> of course, you're right. But the thing is, so many folks are so carnal, they don't recognize God. When he's speaking to them, when something is happening and something's saying, come, come do this. Come, take care of this. Come. This is my kingdom stuff. And you can do this. Take care of this. One by one, excuses are made. I can't. Not now. No, I'm sorry. Verse 19. Another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And you know how I like my oxens. (laughs) And I just got them. I ain't even drove them yet. So I got to go check them out and make sure that I got what I paid for. And you know, this is my business. So I got to take care of my business. And people don't realize it, but they put, how many remember Jesus said, any man that loves his child, his parent, his spouse, right? More than me is not worthy of me. Serious stuff. And that's what he's talking about. When the Lord calls on you, I don't care who else called. It doesn't matter. Right? I don't care what else you got going on. I'm so glad the Lord helped us with that. Talking about Phyllis and myself some years ago. This is, you learn about this. You don't learn all about it overnight, but you learn. And the Lord told us some things that helped to train us. He told me, help Brother Hagen. That was my direction. Well, anytime Brother Hagen acted like he needed help with something, I was there. Need help filling out paperwork. Need help greeting people at the door. Need help, you know, cleaning the floor. Uh, Need help with this. Need help that. I was there. Well, eventually, he wanted me to help him do more spiritual things. And after serving for 15 years, I guess, we had our own ministry and had it for many years. Felt like we should really develop it more. And I talked to him and we went out to develop more of the ministry and weren't there working under him as much. And I was out on the road for a year or so. And the Lord said, I didn't release you from helping him. Because I had assumed, well, to do one was to do the other. I thought, well, how are we going to do both? Because I had a thriving ministry. Man, I had more invitations I could get to. We had a bunch of partners. We had a bunch of outreaches. And that I means full-time job. He said, no, I didn't release you from helping him. 
But what's important? Us building a ministry or doing what he said to do? Us building our thing or seeking for the betterment of the kingdom? Oh, friend, this covers so much ground. See, some people that try to do their own would actually be a bigger blessing to the kingdom as a helps ministry to somebody else. But so many times people are not kingdom minded. They are my kingdom minded. Building mine. And if we're afraid it's going to take away from us, then uh uh-uh. And people make all kind of decisions based on somebody else is going to get my partners and somebody else might get some of my support and somebody else might get some of my money and some other church might get some of our people and... Hey, if it's better for the kingdom of God for us to all go hook up with somebody else, let's do it. Are y'all with me strong enough on this now? It's a fact. Let's do it. John the Baptist knew this, didn't he? When his followers came to him and said, John, John, now people are leaving you in mass and following Jesus. Now, see, that sounds okay to us, but you'd have had to been there. John's one had the big ministry. Jesus nobody knew. John was known nationwide. What did John say? Oh, did you get this now? What did he say? He said, that's the way it ought to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. He's got to get bigger. And I got to decrease. That's right. That's the kingdom plan. What a spiritual man. What a man of understanding. Right? All of us ought to be that way. Not building our own thing, but kingdom of God minded. Here, verse 20, read the next one. Another person said, all these are excuses. Another one said, well, I married a wife, you know, so I can't come. (laughs) I know you know I can't come because I just got married. And the Lord said, "Uh, I understand. Forget it. You know, I wasn't thinking about that. He understood. Because, you know, family comes first. Keep reading. The servant came and showed his Lord these things. And the master of the house was very understanding. And he said, well, I know people are busy. And they have... Lots of stuff to do. And, you know, you got to take care of your kids. You got to take care of your family. And uh, that'll be fine. We'll just check on them another time. No. No. See, but that is what people expect from his representatives. And will absolutely get livid, angry, if they don't get that. Hmm? Let me give you an example. Let's say I called on you and say, you know, come help with this. And he said, oh, Brother Keith, I can't. I wish I could. But I got this. I got a family thing. You know, family. And if I looked at you and said, well, it's not all right. You're missing God. And I'm mad about it. What would people think? What would they think? Oh, I knew he was off. (laughs) 
You know, pastor to do that. I would be acting just like Jesus. Just like Him. You see how messed up our minds have been? With tradition. Oh, no, no, no. Now the pastor's supposed to be nice and go, Oh, that's all right, honey. I know y'all got stuff to do. So y'all just do it. And if you can help us next year or year after that sometime, that'll just be fine. We're just so glad y'all come. Well, now you may want to hear that and you may like that, but that is not the master. And when you and I stand before the master and we're given account of things he called us to do and directed us to do, it ain't going to hold water for you to get up there and say, well, yeah, you know, I would have done that. But you know how mama them was. And you know how my wife, she didn't like to go there and didn't want to do that. And you know my kids, you know, they were pitching the fit that day. And you just, he ain't going to hear it. It's just going to be like you didn't say a word. The master of the house was what? Angry. Now thank God, I don't have to express that to everybody. I'm glad about that. I'd rather not. But there's been many that... One time, uh, some individuals that were supposed to be helping us, and I called on them for something, and they couldn't do it. They're too busy with other stuff. I said, okay, fine, fine. You know, that's all right. And I hung up the phone. The Lord spoke to me. He said, it's not all right with me. He said, just because you tell them it's all right, don't mean I said it's all right. I said, well, Lord, you want me to call them back? Tell them that? I don't want to. I don't have to. And I didn't have to that time. Thank God. Praise the Lord. But what I'm saying is, just because a representative of his tells you it's okay for you not to do it or follow through, that don't mean the Lord told you. It's all right. How many remember Elijah and Elisha? And the day Elijah was taken up. Remember that? And they begin to go to a certain place and Elijah looked to Elisha who was his helper long time and he said, look, why don't you just stay here? You know, the road is long and we're all tired. I'm going to go over here, but you don't have to go. Just stay here, why don't you? Now, some have misinterpreted that. They've tried to make this a command that he's commanding him to stay there. He didn't. He said, I pray thee. That's just, you know, why don't you just stay here? What did he say? No way. So he said, uh-uh, no. You working, I'm going to be here working. As late as you work, I work this late. Right? No, you going, I'm going. And it happened again and again, didn't it? They got to another city. What did he tell him? He said, look, I'm going to go over here, but you don't have to go. Day's already long, we're already tired, and I got to go. But you don't have to go. You can just stay here if you He said, uh-uh, no. You going? I'm your helper. That's what I do. You go, I go. He said, well, come on. Happened repeatedly, didn't it? See, there will be opportunities for you to be lazy and to be preoccupied and to be distracted. But, oh, let's believe God for discernment. That when something comes up in his kingdom, that we hear it. We don't just hear a man or a woman talking. This is God. And here I am. We do what it takes. I said, the Lord dealt with us about, you know, I didn't release you from helping Brother Hagin. So we found where they were. We got there. Paid our own way, of course. And we got there. And, of course, I've known him for years. And I said, Brother Brother Hagin, after service, can I speak to you just a minute? 
Yeah. I said, Brother Hagin, I don't feel like that we're released from helping y'all. Can I help you some way? He said, well, always use good help. (laughs) And Phyllis had noticed that mom was ironing a bunch of clothes. Of course, they're getting older at this point. And so she said, well, I could iron your clothes for you in the afternoon. She said, well, I like them a certain way. She said, I'll do them a certain way. And so she let her train her. Of course, she'd been ironing for years herself, but she let her train her. And she did that. And I said, well, I can come and we can drive the car. I can pull it. They already had a lot of good help. So I thought, well, they already have all this wonderful help. What about us? But that don't matter. If the Lord says you'll be available, then you'll be available. If they don't call on you, fine. But you're doing what he told you to do. You're available. And if you do get called, well, as time went on, we got called more and more and more and more and more and more. And we'd come in home. We'd been helping with them with their stuff for a week or two. Our desks are piled up because we've got a thriving ministry of our own. Our desks are piled up with stuff that we hadn't gone through. We've been out of town. And they'd call and say, how about let's do this? We'd look at our desk and go, sure. <laughs> right? And just walk out. Why? Because the Lord told us to do this. And see, people have not understood this. So, well, you got your own ministry. I could be holding my own ministry. Yeah, but me holding his jacket was more significant for the kingdom right now than me behind a pulpit somewhere else. Because if we are able to help them and lessen the load on them, he's affecting a lot more people than I am. Are you listening to this now? I mean... Phyllis was running around doing errands and things, and it didn't seem very spiritual, but it was affecting the kingdom. It was helping the kingdom advance. So it's more important than what we could do on our own. And there came a time when he directed us to do some things differently, but we did that for years. But what are the priorities in your life? What has God told you to do kingdom-wise? Because nothing else will matter. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Close your eyes just a minute. Say it out loud. Lord, show me, please. What you've told me. What you are telling me. About my place. In the kingdom. Anytime you've called. And I didn't come. I ask you to forgive me. I repent. Sincerely. Help me to realize it. Help me to see it. Grant me grace that I do it not again. Let's pray this out loud. Only if you mean it. I hope that you do. Pray it out loud. Father God. I love you. And your things. Your kingdom. Your people. Your word. Your spirit. Above everything. Everything and everybody. Anything or anybody that I have put ahead of your kingdom, reveal it to me. Open my eyes and my understanding. Help me to realize it. Help me to see it. And by your grace, I'll stop it. I'll change it. 
In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.